Hi, I'm Trenton Stander. Hi, I'm Tim Brown. And, and this is the Open Heart Cast. Okay, we are back with our beers and we're going to crack in Ooh, that sound. That sounds beautiful. Cheers, Cheers brother. brother. Cheers. Cheers, where's Rolls <sighs> Fantastic. <sighs> Smooth like a stripper's ass. That, that's getting old quick. <laughs> yeah, but we're going to have to come up. We won't talk about stripper's asses when Grant's around because we get some funny stories that we yeah. don't talk about. Ne? <laughs> Yeah, man. So, what's 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 your plans for your lives coming up? After this kitchen knife mm. that I made for Grant, I, I'm, I didn't expect to like making kitchen knives as much as I'm liking making them. Mm. Um, so I definitely want to carry on with that. Mm. Uh, I want to play a little bit. I want to. I just want to, like, I, I feel like I'm on the precipice of developing a style. Um, yeah, and for those who haven't seen Trenton's Kitchen Knives, they're actually, the two that he's made, they, they I would say they, they not, they, they're not, they're kind of unique. There's a, there's a Trenton style, they're like little aspects um, that if you've looked at, I've made quite a few kitchen knives now, but there's certain aspects that are like unique to Trenton. Um, because all knives are generally the same, but like there's tiny little aspects that make each one unique. Like I like to have on my tip, I, I like to curve it towards the tip and then I like a short little clip point, mm. like maybe 10, 15 mil. So that's right, like half an inch mm. for the American viewers. Yeah. Right? And <clears throat> Trenton's got a very nice choil design where it, it, it's got a radius in where your finger would go and then a radius on the heel, um, which is also, that's something I've seen that's, that's pretty unique to Trenton. But the, the shape of his point is, is slightly different to mine, but it's, it's nice. I like it. Out of context, this mm. actually sounds really dodge, mm. if you think about that. Yeah, but we are dodge. So. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah, no, look, I mean, obviously, I've, I've taken this design from looking at a lot of other guys who make really seriously sick kitchen knives. Mm. Uh, Stephen Bryan on, on Instagram, uh, I took a lot of inspiration from, from his work. Um, he, re he really makes some stunning kitchen knives. And... Um, I just sort of put my own twist on that mm. and yeah, I just feel like, as I said, I'm on the, I'm on the verge of discovering a style and, and this is the thing that I said to, I don't remember Facebook. who I said it to the other day, but I said it to, oh, it doesn't matter, but it's like, you've got to find your style and then sort of develop it from there. Yeah. Uh, I you, said it a lot more elegantly than that. But, but you, you also asked in one of your live streams this week, question for the knife makers is how do you develop your style or mm. how do you define yours? Because there's, you know, it's a journey. So you start off making all sorts of different knives yeah. and then you find that you've got to find the knives you like to make. Like as we'll go to Stuart, Stuart loves to make big bowies and pucos. Mm. mm. That's that's the knives he likes to make, yeah. and that's what he makes. Yeah, Niels loves his stilettos yes. and his daggers. Yeah, and I'm I'm inclined to want to make more daggers, but yeah, like I'm more of a hidden tang person, right? So like my kitchen knives are normally hidden tang, mm, mm. Um, and you do a great job at it. Like it looks stunning. Yeah, I, I've the one knife I'm busy with now. It's it's a Serbian style cleaver that I'm making for my brother, but I put like a, almost like a Jason Knight fishtail yeah, heel yeah. on it that looks sweet. And then I glued it on Thursday night. And when I was hitting in the one tube pin, I cracked the bolster block and I'm still crying there. 
I had to have a I had to have a strong gin and tonic just because I heard a mosquito and I thought there was malaria. So yeah, yeah. you can never be too safe. You no, know? you can never be too safe. But yeah, it's 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 like working on on, on developing a style that that appeases your eye. Yeah, or, or something that makes is nice for you to make that you enjoy making. Yes. Yeah. Like this Damascus Hunter, I enjoyed making it, but I don't really want to make hunting knives to be honest. Because it's yeah. it's not a to me it's not as intellectually challenging as say a kitchen knife or a dagger sure. or, okay. which where you're trying to make each one unique or semi unique. It's still your style, but it's it might be a slightly different blade geometry or, or, or profile. Slightly right. different a slight different twist in it, maybe something slightly different at the at the heel of the knife or in the in the the finger groove or slightly different handle shape. Right. Um, that's where I want to be because um, that's what interests me. That's yeah. what I find fun making. Um, making. I don't think I'll ever make production knives again. I, I did make a few, try make a few production, but it's not. It's not satisfying. It's not satisfying, and it also drains your creative aspect. Mm. Um, and this is the whole thing about style, and it's and it's been something that's very much been on my mind over mm. the last couple of weeks while working on this project. Is how to like, like I mean, a classic mm. example is. Um, we, uh, I saw a picture on, on one of the <clears throat> groups on um, WhatsApp mm. today, and I, and I showed Tim, and he said, oh, wow, whose knife is that? And without even actually remembering who sent the message, I could see that it was um, – oh, what's his name? Deplo- uh, it was um, – e- Not Etienne, Eugene. Eugene de Toy. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, Eugene Detoy, I think. And then I looked and I was like, yeah, there we go. And and that's that's what I'm trying to get across. Mm. I'm not trying to get across like... One is better <laughs> than the other. Like, you can't say bushcraft knife. Yeah. That's my style. Mm. It, no, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It's, it's a subject. It's a subject, yeah. Like, if you so, look at uh, a guy like... Uh, Wayne Morgan. I don't know if you've seen his knives. He's no. also a guild member, but he's got a very distinctive forge type knife that he makes. There, yeah. man, you can spot it a mile off, and it's just his unique way of of make. He leaves a forged textured finish on the, just on the top edge of the blade. The the ricasa area is normally a four textured finish, and then he he does a lot of hidden tangs, um, but with brass or, or bronze bolsters with some spaces in and right. a nice wood but it's it's a unique style to him <clears throat> and 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 that's the point yeah that's the point is that how do you and i know it's a very difficult question to answer it really is mm. um and and like you can make sense of it in your own head but to interpret it in words is is sometimes very difficult yeah but how how would one develop, like obviously time mm. and and thinking about it and, and trying different things mm. is a big part of it. But y- you want to separate yourself from the rest of the guys. You don't want to copy other guys' style. Yeah. You want to develop your own style. Mm. So like you can't come to me with a comment and say, well, Africa inspires me and that's my inspiration. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. But like you're taking Africa and then you've got to put your own twist on it. Yeah. It's, you can't, you can't say flipping, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's, as I say, it's a very difficult mm. question to, to come to terms with and to answer. Mm. And that's why I understand why they there are these vague sort of answers to the question because yeah. it is a difficult question. But, I mean, if you look at a, a guy like Niels Pretorius, mm. he makes a lot of loveless designs because Bob Loveless knives are just like timeless. But 
if you see a post on a South African forum and you see the knife, you'll know automatically it's a Niels Pretorius knife because it's it's got that distinctive, the way he finishes the knife, the way he does the handle, it, it's just, it's it's a loveless design, but it's unique to uh, Niels Pretorius. Yeah. Um, and also, one of the things that makes him stand out is the attention to presentation of the knife. When he takes the photos, he takes a good photo. He's got a good yes. background. He's got a light box. Yes. And it's just that that tiny bit of attention to detail that yes. you almost recognize the, the, the style of knife and the style of photography Yes, that's unique to Niels. Yes. I mean, there's a guy on Instagram. He just does knife photography, a shop by Coop. Okay. And that guy, the way he... You can look at a picture and you'll know it's one of his pictures. Yeah. And a lot of people try and copy his style of doing it because it's a, it's a very effective style. But he takes pictures of some of the most stunning knives. And the, the way he does the the photo edit, he's normally got the whole knife, a section of the handle and a section of the blade. It's like three images all woven into one, onto one uh, canvas. <clears throat> yeah. But that presentation is what sells the knife. Absolutely. Presentation mm. is, a, is a huge part of it. Mm. Um, but but just in terms of style, like, yeah. <clears throat> you know, like, I want to be able to, like, as I say, it's a very difficult question to answer. But <clears throat> if I look at a knife mm. and and I don't know that it's one of your knives, without looking at the logo, I need to be able to see that's Tim's, that's mm. Tim's style. Mm. Okay. If you think about style just in terms of clothing, it's yeah. it's your individual English. It's your individuality. Mm. It's what separates you from how other people dress. Mm. Okay. But now you're incorporating that into your knife. The, mm. Your knives that you make. Mm. What separates your knives? And and it's it doesn't just relate to knives. Like if you go into the blacksmithing side and you look at hammers. I can, if you look at a, a rounding hammer, which is a type of, of hammer, if you put one in front of me that's made by Daniel Moss, I'll know exactly which one it is. Yeah. If you put a one that's an uh, Alex Steele has made, I'll be able to tell you which one it is. Because, exactly. Because they have their, although they're all rounding hammers, they've got their unique style of how they do things. There's a distinctive style. And that's the point. It's your signature without putting your signature on it. Yeah. And and that's what makes the top knife makers, what makes them really stand out is they've developed that style or they've found this style that they like to make, but they've also mastered it. Yes. yes. So they know how to pull it off and how to make it really appealing. Absolutely. But like a Jason Knight chopper, you're gonna. It's 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 a very classic and mm. unique shape to him. Mm. And and the way, if you, it's it's like the way the blade is finished, whether it's etched or or whatever. The way the handle is constructed, you'll know which type of which knife make it is when if they are, are well known and they've got they've identified their style. Yes. And they've mastered it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if I look at a dagger that Niels has made, it may. It's a dagger. It's a double-sided thing with a, a guard, a quillion dagger, and a handle. But the way Niels does it is the way Niels does it. Yes. And yes. and it's taken him years to refine that and to to refine to develop his style and then to refine it. Yes. Yes. Um, which makes it and it makes it interesting, you know, because you know each person's got their own interpretation. Yeah. I mean. There are thousands of different styles of kitchen knives. Mm. I mean, just within uh, in Europe, you've got a French-style chef's knife and a German, and there's slight differences. They do the same thing. They look similar, but if you if you look closer, there's different points between a German yeah. and a French chef knife. And then if you get to Japanese knives, then that's just a whole other kettle fish yeah. because. They have knives specifically for cutting vegetables. Yes. 
cutting fish, deboning chicken, <coughs> and they have their, their use. But they also, <coughs> within that, say, uh, uh, their chef's knife. At each individual maker will have their own style and their own interpretation. The shape may be identical, but the way they finish the blade, if they're doing a hammered finish, each individual guy has his own style of hammer finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's that's sort of a question that I'm trying to trying to figure out in terms of words, mm. you know, and like, and I'm still trying to develop my own style, mm. and I've still got to try a lot of things before I actually develop a actual style. Mm. And it's it's not to say that you can't deviate from that style, mm. but like you can always make something like very different, but mm. you can always come back to your style. Mm. Um, but I don't know. It's 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 something that's just popped into my head, and I I can't seem to come to terms with how one develops your style as a knife maker. I think you know, for me, it's been making lots of knives, right? Um, because. Like, guys who do stock removal, they'll design something, they'll mark it out, they'll cut it out, they'll grind it, yeah. water, water, water. A.K.A. me. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I've designed knives, and I'll rough forge them, then profile them. Yeah. But what I'm trying to do now, since Niels has been an, a serious in, influence, is yeah. I can't... I figured out that I can't let something evolve on the anvil. Right. Um, I have to do a drawing because I have to know what where I'm I'm working towards. I get you. I get so you. it helps me if I've got that <coughs> picture, yes, a, a drawing that I can forge the steel and then I I can just hold it up close and just check quickly and then I know where to to move on my forging because you forge inch by inch basically. So. You'll forge a tip, you'll draw it out and thin the metal, shape it. But you you work in sections until you've got the whole thing built up. Gotcha. And without that picture, you don't have a map of where you're going to. Right. Absolutely. Um, and what I found is that if I can't draw the knife I want, I can't forge it either. Right. So that helps spending that time sitting down and doing a drawing helps me conceptualize what or put into into being what I want to create. Yes. Yeah. Um, and once I've got that, <coughs> then creating it on the anvil and the grind and things like that becomes so much easier because I, I've sort of worked out the path that I want to go, the map to where I want to get. Yeah. And and when you when you're designing something. <coughs> This is something Neil spoke to me about, which which made a, a shit ton of sense when he said it, and I think I spoke about it on on the on the first episode. Is that you have to design things within your what what tools you have available? Mm. Like, you know, if you want to do a certain something that requires a specialized tool, yeah. If you want to make uh, like a stiletto that, that's got turned pieces for the handle and the quillions, right. you need a lathe. Yes. You can do it by other methods, but it it takes so much more time. And, right. And right. by designing to what tools you have, you start building up an understanding of the processes you're capable of doing in your shop. Yeah. And you're not going to design something that you can't make. Although True. it may look beautiful on paper, if you you don't have the the facilities or the skill to make it, it's going to stay on paper. True. True. <clears throat> and I think uh, I don't know. It's I don't know what else, what more I have to say about the subject, but mm. it's uh, it's very gratifying to design something. And then make it exactly the way you designed it, mm. and 
and see it come to life. It's it's a very gratifying process, but mm. yeah, it's it's difficult. It's mm. difficult because sometimes something happens and you have to alter the the, the profile of the blade, and yeah. then you see mm, this is not comfortable. Mm. So I'm going to alter this and alter that. And yeah, what I sometimes <clears throat> do is even with, if I do a drawing, I will cut a template out of wood, um, just to get a shape and a feel. Uh, and have something in 3D that you can hold in your hand that you sort of can confirm your design and, and the image you have in your brain. True, true. Um, and then also, uh, wood burns a little bit slower than paper. So if you hold a piece of hot steel to it, it <laughs> you know, it doesn't destroy the whole fucking piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of... And, I mean, when I put these questions out, it's not to stir up any sort of... Um, <clears throat> conflict or anything it's just mm. sometimes I, I put out posts and then somebody says something that really makes me think and I'm like that makes a lot of sense mm. and then when you think about it then you like you sort of come to your own conclusion and you're like mm. okay that really helped yeah you know um, and Grant actually put up a very thought-provoking comments and i can't i can't quote it because it was actually quite a quite a long comment but he was saying what basically what i said earlier is it's it's something that's obviously developed over time and um i think it was grant that said it yeah mm. and um he said a, a whole bunch of other things that really made a lot of sense and it was he he's a very very educated man and he's a very um like he doesn't just answer for the sake of answering he he really thinks about it before yeah. he answers which i like yeah and i think you know i still i still have yet to figure grant out because <laughs> he studied philosophy and he's had his own business yeah and, but he's like you know some of the stuff he says sometimes is like wow i didn't expect that you would have knowledge about something like that yes yeah um which is really fascinating he's a flipping awesome oak to chat to he's he's i mean you can understand why i was up till three in the morning mm. yeah like we were having our best time just mm. chatting about all sorts of things mm. <clears throat> not necessarily agreeing but we were having a discussion yeah and, and it, it was just it was just great but he he really mm. Just bringing it back to to the the topic of discussion is that he really made me think about style, style like yeah. the, the style of your knife, mm. like how is that process developed, mm. and um, yeah, look, I'm still trying to figure it out, but it helped, definitely helped. I mean, um, I've been making knives now for more than four years, and. I've got a certain style the way I like to make my kitchen knives. Mm. I've got, I'm sort of almost there getting my style of making dowies, which I like making. That's awesome. And I'm working on my style of dagger. Yeah. Because, and I am, I think I've almost got my Puko style as well. I don't know. I have an influence. I'm influenced greatly by the great Stuart Smith. He is. Um, yes. Yeah, if you want to follow someone who makes awesome knives, just follow Stuart Smith. Absolutely. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I've done it for four years. That I'm still developing my style. Even on my hammers, I'm developing my style. Yeah. And my 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 signature, basically. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's unique to each guy. Absolutely. It may still say Fred Smith or whatever the fuck it is, but... Um, each guy writes it a different way. Yes, yes. It's basically like like everybody's handwriting is different. Yeah. And when you when you f make a knife, mm. it's got to say it's a Tim Brown knife. Mm. To me, that's important. Yeah. I think that's important to every knife maker mm. because you want somebody to be able to look at at a knife and. Mm. Not even seeing the logo mm. says that's Trent's knife or that's Tim's knife. And you know, you speak about people who've got their own unique style. You look at um, Philip Dunn, 
in Cape Town. Oh, yeah. Man, you can look at a picture. That's oh, yeah. a Philip Dunn knife. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a very good point. And, I mean, he, he makes a wide range of knives from utility hunting, but his kitchen knives. But each one that he's, he makes, each one has it's got a Philip Dunn signature. Yes. Yeah. Um, they sim- Although they're different knives, they've got a similar appearance. There's a theme. There's a theme, yeah. There's a theme, mm. and to me, it looks it look it looks clean. Yeah. And and it looks clean and just fucking beautiful. Like yeah. I, I, it's I, clean, but it's 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 also functional. And it, it also, yeah, and it also kind of looks um, mean in a way, mm. you know, like in a good way. Yeah, I mean, if you look at a picture of Philip Dunn, it's like not the guy you want to gene your ma. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's going to flap you upside yeah, down. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, so, mm. so that's, that's like a classic example of and it, it's sort unique of like, style. It, it almost sort of matches his persona. Okay. I wouldn't say his personality because he's a flippin' great oak. Yeah, I've chatted to him quite a few times okay. at, the, at the Brooklyn show. Okay, um, but he's he's also a full time maker. But he, the persona behind the knife matches the style of his knife. Absolutely, absolutely. And another man with a very unique style that you don't even have to see. Like you, you like you know when you see it, you mm. know, mm. Henning Wilkinson. Oh yes. Yeah. There, there's there's no doubt in your mind. When you mm. see a Henning Wilkinson knife, you 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 know it. You yeah. know it. You don't have to fucking see who posted it or yeah. like you just know. Yeah. And it's incredible <clears throat> because that obviously your style gets recognized in time. Yeah. But the point is, it get it gets recognised, mm. and uh, and it's very important. Yeah, it's very important. But anyway, I think uh, I think it's something I'll I'll eventually figure out. It, it's it's like a I don't you'll figure it out, but you'll be continuously refining it. Mm, mm. So once you find your your comfort type of thing your, your comfort in your style then you'll start refining it and I think that you know it's like a never-ending journey in, in knife making you can you find your style and then you start developing it and tweaking it and yeah. making it more you yes and I think that's what's for me is satisfying is making it more you yes um because it, it, at the end of the day, it's it's art and it's an extension of you. Yeah. So it's your way of expressing something. And there's nothing wrong in taking styles that you're inspired by and mm. putting your own twist on that. Mm. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. But at the same time, you don't want to be influenced by other people's styles. You yeah. want you want your your style to to emulate who you are as a maker. Yeah, it's like you can take inspiration from Kevin Harvey's Bowie's, mm. but if you make a Kevin Harvey Bowie, it's not a Kevin Harvey Bowie. No. Um, it, it may look similar proportions and everything, but it's 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 never going to be a Kevin Harvey. And if you're trying to copy someone... It's a shit thing to do, first of all. Yeah. And... It, it, look, you can take inspiration. You can take inspiration, but yeah, don't be Chinese and go and yeah. Yeah. cut and paste um, because that's not being sort of original. Yeah. Yes, but it's as I say, it's also just a, a very shit thing to do. Yeah. Like it shows no respect for the maker. Mm. Some people would say, "Oh, but it is showing respect for the maker because." I'm um, emulating. Copying, I'm emulating what he does. I don't agree with that. I think it's like you, you, you too much. Like you're not inventive enough to come up with your own style. And I might get flack for this, but that's okay because this is what I think. Um, you're not inventive enough to come up with your own style, so you mm. knock off somebody else's design if you copy it exactly the same. Mm. 
And if that's okay with the maker, that's mm. fine. But check mm. with him. Yeah. And, I mean, if you look at the old, uh, he's deceased now, um, Rob Brown. Uh, he Your also, cousin. No, he probably might be family, but he also he also stays. In, he used to stay in PE, but okay. he also used to make loveless knives, okay. like Niels Pretorius, mm. but they were different. Right, right. They may be dimensionally very close to each other, but they were different. There yes. was something unique about Rob's style, yes. and there's something unique about Niels' style. Yes. Um. And then there's the, I can't remember who is the original designer of it, the, the Bush King. There's a lot of guys copying the Bush King and doing their own take. Some of them, they, they can pull it off. Yeah. Um, but they put the, those ones that they, the, the ones that are, are pulled off as I, I refer to it, it's got that maker's style or, or feel to it almost. It's not exactly the same as the original. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is, it it pays respect, but if you want to make someone else's knife, ask for permission. Ask for permission. Yeah. Generally, knife makers, from my experience, have been very helpful, very willing to share. Mm. And But if you're a dick, you, you stuff your name up in the community for good. Yeah, and um, the, that's, there's a few rules in the workshop. Rule number one, don't fuck up. Yeah. Rule number two is see rule number one. Yeah. And then rule number safe, three. No, me. safety third. And then rule number four, don't be a dick. Yeah, don't be a dick. That's <laughs> it. And and by and, and and to add on to that, not being a dick is coming and working in another man's workshop. And not cleaning your fucking mess after the fact. <laughs> yeah. You can fuck right off. Yeah. If you ever want to come and work in my workshop again. Mm. Like that. I, I'm not trying to be an asshole here, but I'm just saying that it's a pretty shit thing to do, mm. in my opinion. Because, like, you, you've got a clean workshop. And if it's my mess, it's my mess. I'll clean it. Mm. But if it's your mess, ah, boss, no. Mm. You're never yeah. working in my <laughs> workshop again. Uh, yeah? Because I have children. Um, I know where my tools are. They may not be on this spot on the rack or on the wall yep. or whatever, but I know where they are because I know where I use them. Mm. But nothing irritates me more if someone comes into the shop, they're working there, and they leave a mess. They don't put the stuff away where it should be, or it just it's it's, it's almost it's, in a way d disrespectful. Look, my is. shop is is a mess. But it's it's it, my mess. It's your mess. That's yeah. the point. Yeah. It's it's disrespectful because first of all, it's your space. Mm. Second of all, it's your fucking living. It's what you do. Mm. Um, and if things are not in their place, you can't be as productive as you would mm. have been. Minutes, seconds, and hours looking for shit mm. that you used to know where it was, mm. and now somebody else has come and fucked around. Mm. That that's first of all annoying as fuck, mm. and second of all, it's it's just plain disrespectful. Yeah, and it's you know for some people, it may not seem that important, but I know when I get into a, well, I think it's called like a flow state where you are, yeah, you know everything you're doing is just it's working and it's. You just got that. It's just coming together. It's everything's coming together. Yes, the, the things are working. You you go and you just pick up something and it's the right tool and things like that. Yeah. And to have that flow state, to get into that flow state, takes some concentration and effort and things, and then to have it disrupted by things not being where you thought they would be. Yeah. Or getting a phone call when you busy carefuling. <laughs> Uh, if I'm busy, I don't answer my phone. Yeah. My, my wife knows it. My kids should know it by now. They haven't figured that out yet properly. But I mean, if it's important or, or when I, when I'm ready to communicate with the outside world, then I will phone back normally. Yes. Yeah. Um, unless squirrels, they are abundant. <laughs> uh, but you know, that achieving that flow state, um, 
I know it from uh, from doing the bit of uh, road running, you know, crazy shit that I did, or I still do. I must get back my fat ass on the road again. <laughs> but when I'm running, it's like that. You you got a clear mental state. Yeah, yeah. Um, you start picking up on sounds, smells. Mm. The feel of the road on your feet, the sound of your feet hitting the road, mm. and it's the same when when I'm forging. You know, you get into that that rhythm, and it's like a Zen moment. Oh, it's, it's a Zen. It's, yeah. it's like I think they they refer to it as a flow state. Yeah, um, where it's just it's it's I wouldn't say it's effortless, but it seems effortless. It's not draining, if I put it that yeah, way. Yeah, because it's not being it's. It's a very difficult thing to try and like explain as well because, mm. I mean, I, I, I can refer to that just on, on this last knife that I made. I worked, at, I worked until 1 o'clock in the morning mm. because I was in a flow state. I was, mm. I, everything was going beautifully. Mm. There were no problems. And I'm not saying there's never like – never going to be problems if you're mm. in a flow state that's not what i'm saying but to get there does take a lot of doing mm. and when you're there you need to be efficient with that you need yeah. to take advantage of that state yeah. absolutely yeah and i mean sometimes you know every knife maker hates hand sanding although sometimes you know when people like, zoll when people zoll <laughs> yeah? but there's sometimes i'll put a podcast on i'll put some a playlist on on Spotify or something like that, and I'll hand sand. Yeah. And I can stand there and I can hand sand for hours. Mm. And you just, you get into a, because it's, I find it almost therapeutic, mm. but you have to be in that state of mind yes. to be there. To, to appreciate it, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, you can use chemical enhancers for it as well. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. But it's, it's, it also relates back to that flow state. And, and you know, I use that hand sanding time to contemplate all sorts of meaningless shit most of the time. Yeah, because you're, you're not pulling amps in terms mm. of brain power to yeah, do Yeah, it's it. not – you're not carefully – No, you're not careful. Well, you want to you get your scratch patterns pretty consistent. But mm. if you know how to hand sand, that's just muscle memory. It just yeah. comes. But it's, it's not like you're – Doing a careful fit up on a guard and no, even tang, no, it's, or grinding in your plunge lines or something no, like that. It's 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 a different. It's a different type of of work. It's just monotonous. It's monotonous, but yeah. you know, if you get into a flow state in it, get as many knives done as possible because edge yeah. boss, if the if motivation or the can be horrible. And and there's some days where you walk into the shop and you're like, well, fuck, I just don't feel like working. Mm. And it's those days, you know, with my uh, depression and stuff, you know, it's those days when just achieving the smallest thing, like cleaning my table or just packing my tools away, it it seems insignificant, but that minor achievement yes. just builds a little bit that you can maybe, okay, I've cleaned my table, okay, maybe, maybe I'll draw a knife. Because it's, it's little successes yeah, along little, the way. And they build up to greater things. Mm. Then even if that's all you get done for that day, that you've mm. cleaned, uh, not even necessarily clean, just put things away. Mm. The next day you know, I can fucking work tomorrow. Mm. And tomorrow might be a better day. You might really feel, fucking feel like work. Yeah. Because yesterday was productive as fuck mm. in terms of just like getting your tools in the right place and, yeah. and cleaning up. And then you're inspired to work the next day. Yeah. You know? It's those small victories yeah. that add up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And some days, for, for some some days for me, it's just a matter of if I can get out of bed and I can make the bed. That for me is like I've at least achieved one thing. Mm. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, what, what do they say? Before you try and change the world, make yeah. sure you've made your bed in the Yeah, clean, clean up your own house. Yeah. 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 Because how can you expect to, to fix the world if you can't even fucking clean your own house? Exactly. Exactly. That's from Dr. Jordan Peterson. Oh, yeah, right. You told me that. Yeah, 12 yeah. steps to li- 12 rules to life and anecdote to chaos. He's actually, they're releasing his next book, which is more rules. Um, 
more rules to life. Uh, but it, you know, that, that guy is absolutely fascinating because he's almost like an enigma. Like his depth of knowledge on subjects is just fucking phenomenal. Yeah. And I mean, he's done tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of research. And he didn't just research the happy stuff. He, he researched some seriously dark shit. Yeah. Um, the Holocaust, the Gulag Archipelagos. Um, you know, he worked with uh, psychiatric patients in, in uh, that were violent criminals and shit like that. Like, yeah. You know, the, the guys that get off on, what's it? <clears throat> they get off because they, they're criminally insane or something like yes. that. Yeah. Um, so he's got some unique perspective. Mm. Um, and what I loved about his, his first, or the, the 12 Rules to Life, is that it's 12 rules, but for each rule he goes into such depth about it that you, you actually start to understand the meaning behind the rule. Like yes. one of the rules is don't let your kids do things that make you dislike them. Yes. And it's, not, oh, it's a simple, stupid rule, but when he goes into it, you know, there's a whole reason behind it because if the kids, if you allow your kids to do things you don't, you don't make you dislike them, it means other people will dislike them. Yeah. And then they won't have friends at school and then they'll become problem children because they've been allowed to get away with that type of thing. And it's almost like socializing. They're not, they're not nice. So people don't want to play with them. Right. And that and relates it also to makes, it, it also causes a lot of resentments as well. Mm. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good to, to read, um, books like that because it gives you a lot of, insight and perspective on, on mm. various different subjects. And you know, there, there's all these depths of it's, it's a, it's a black hole of self-help books. And actually one of the problems with self-help books is that you have to read more self-help books and it becomes a problem. Um, but his book was one of those ones that it has had such an influence on my life that you know, positive influence. Yes. And the other, the other one book that Trenton must still read is the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that also is a mind. It's, it's a life changing uh, book to read. Yeah. Well, because I it think it gives I, you perspective. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, I really want to read that book. I, I really do need to get my hands on it. I think you said you had an audio copy. <laughs> smooth <laughs> <laughs> very smooth <laughs> um, yeah I've got it on Audible yeah and it's it's a flipping it's a good book because I don't I don't really have that much time to read yeah but with my with the job that I have until the end of the month it's in Pretoria and I stay in Benoni so it's a it's an hour hour 15 minutes each way in the car so i got two hours a day driving and i used to listen to audiobooks because it's a way to to feed the brain with yeah. information yeah and it's it's a constructive use of the time because it is know, it's it's two and a half hours of my life every day during the week going to work and back that i can use to improve myself and, and I mean, that's 12 rules to life and uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. I've listened to them probably 10, 15, 20 times already. Yeah, because you have to keep listening to that information to mm. actually reaffirm it in your own mind. And also the, the other thing is with repetition, you get a different perspective as well. Absolutely. So it's like if you watch an, uh, a, a one of the classic Monty Pythons, those type of English comedy, every time you watch it again, you pick up on slightly different nuances and different jokes. Yes. You laugh at different times. Yes, yes. So I think that repetition is important. It is. It's repetition for emphasis. So mm. um, <clears throat> something I think about a lot 
and I know this is this is this is going way off topic of 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 knife making, but it is the open half cast after yeah, all. Yeah, we are sharing a journey. <laughs> is self reflection and self evaluation? Mm. It's something I think about a lot. Like, I'll I'll I'm I'm putting myself out here by saying this, but there was an occasion where there was this bloke who, who um, came through and I saw him and he, he was a really great guy and we got on and and he just said something that niggled me and I knew that it wasn't something to get upset about. And, but it bothered me that I got upset about it. Not, I didn't obviously show that I got upset mm. about it, but it was just like, it was like, hmm, what, was it ego mm. that got involved there mm. or was it something else? Like I knew the issue was with me. He wasn't mm. being a dick, mm. but it's like, it's that sort of, sort of like self-evaluation. You're like, mm. why, why mm. am I being like this? Why am mm. I taking offense to something so silly? Yeah. And, um, and I think self-evaluation helps you grow a lot as a person. Yeah, and I think in this with this whole lockdown situation, it's changed my perspective completely. Mm. Um, I mean, I had a job, or I have a job, or I'm not going to have a job, but I was really unhappy there. Yeah, and it's it's a toxic environment. Yeah, um, and the more I sp- time I spent at home. Uh, and working on knives and things, it more, more it gave me a perspective of like, do I really need this shit in my life? Yeah. You know, there's things, there's things I could sacrifice in the short term to gain the long term vision that I want. Absolutely. And while I stay there, it's never going to happen. It's always going to be a comfort, a semi comfortable zone. Yes. Um, so yeah, it, it, that, Gaining and and if we didn't have the pandemic, I wouldn't have gained that perspective, that self reflection, almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's very easy for it's very easy for us as as humans to when when shit goes bad to just go down the the road of this is bullshit, I'm sad, I'm depressed, I'm unhappy about the situation. Mm. There's fuck all you can do about it. And I'm not saying it's it's great. It's not mm. great. It sucked. It sucked yeah. for many people. It sucks for many people. Everybody was affected. Mm. Some people even went as far as committing suicide because of it, and that's seriously, seriously sad. Mm. Um, so I'm not trying to downplay it. But at the same time, I think that it's got a lot to do with how you look at the situation because, mm. as I say, there's, there's fuck all you can do about it. Mm. And why worry about something that is beyond your control? Mm. And, and it's not like don't worry about it mm. because that's just it's stupid. Mm. But you can't you overthink can't. it and you can't be on that topic of discussion all the time. Yeah. So what I've – what my psychologist said I must do is I must start writing or keeping a journal and I don't write enough <laughs> in it. Bad boy. Hmm. But <clears throat> where I find it really helps is when I'm in those dark places and I sit and I, I, I think I'm just going to write like two lines yeah. and then I end up writing like three A4 pages and it's like, but it gets it out of your head, gets it out of my head and then you gain the perspective like, you know, I can't control the weather, you know? Yeah. There's fuck all I can do about it. Yeah. So what can I do that's going to make an improvement in my life? Or, or And you start focusing on things you can change and rather than on the things you can't change. Yeah. Um, and, you know, having family that that's supportive and things like that, you know, this lockdown's brought our family so much closer. Which is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Some families it's ripped apart. Yeah. Which is which is which is sad. Um, but I'm grateful that 
this opportunities <coughs> came across. I mean, Grant was saying, you know, his, his daughter, he takes his daughter to school and things like that, and now he's actually arranged for someone to, an aftercare and the things, so that it can free up two, two or three days a week for him. And he said he was looking forward to maybe getting into being more creative and, and making knives and stuff. And then I said to him, yeah, but you must also remember the blessing he had of spending that much time with his daughter. Absolutely. Not everybody has that opportunity. Yeah. And I mean, so many families live past each other. And this has actually given them opportunity to spend some time with each other. And, yeah. You know? It'll either, it'll either make mm. the family or fucking make issues. Mm. And I don't know. Like for me, this is this is the whole thing that it comes down to is like I don't know. I'm I'm a I've got a weird sort of outlook on on mm. things, but it's on, only my opinion. But you can't rely on anything other than yourself. Mm. for happiness yeah there was you yeah you know what i mean like you can't you can't rely on Mm. outside influences to Mm. to make you happy or make you not happy yeah you know and i mean one of my other guys i like to follow is david goggins that guy's a flippin' psycho Mm. um but he had he said in one of his interviews he said he realized that um the cavalry is not fucking coming. Mm. You know? No one's going to be there to fucking lift you up yeah. and get you going. He yeah. says it's, it's down to you yeah. and what you can control. Absolutely. And if you can realize that and you can start working on what can you control and what can you do to improve your life or the, the lives of the people around you, yeah. then, then you can actually start making a difference. Absolutely. <clears throat> you You sort of... And I know it sounds very selfish, but if you are not happy within yourself, mm. you've got nothing to give out. Mm. If you are full within yourself and you are happy within yourself, mm. you've got a lot to give. Yeah. And I mean, I, my wife notices it with me. Um, if I'm going into a dark place, she'll see it before me. Mm. Um and it's that it's that self-talk. Mm. And uh, Trenton's big on that. You mustn't be negative uh, or negative self-talk, even if it's in a joking way. But, you know, your mind is extremely powerful weapon. And it yeah. can seriously fuck you up if you Absolutely. allow it to say things. Like if you, your brain tells you you're an arsehole, you're an arsehole because that's what your brain tells you. Mm. But it says things to you that you'd never say to someone face to face. Yeah. Because you get punched in the face. Exactly. I mean, you can't walk around constantly in your head, oh, you're a fucking loser. You're a fucking loser. Yeah. Because then you, you're not going to be able to, you'll never be happy and you'll never be able to make anybody else happy. Unless exactly. You, unless you can achieve that happiness inside yourself. And happiness isn't really a, and a happiness is temporary. Um, you know, if you're chasing after happiness, you'll never get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's, I think it's more about being grateful or, or being. Absolutely. Uh, being, That's the point. Not, grateful's, grateful is a, a word, but it's being content in yourself. Yes. Like. Yes. You, you realize that this is what you can do and, and this is what you can control. Yes. There's, there's, there's different points to this, I think, because. You could you could look at it this way, like okay, um, you could say you could say okay, I'm being an asshole because of the actions that I took in this circumstance. Mm. Now that in itself is mm. not necessarily bad mm. because you're recognizing that you that what you did or what you said wasn't mm. just mm. you weren't mm. you acted out of emotion rather than reason. Mm. Okay, in ex- for example. Mm. So, negative self-talk in that sense, maybe not such a bad thing. But mm. if, and as you said earlier, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in 
negative self-talk all the time, even in a joking way. Hmm. It's not to well, me. It doesn't sit well. It it's not funny. Like even when healthy. it's not healthy. When hmm. when my mom or when my girlfriend talks about oh this this happened or so so yeah I'm a I'm a fucking retard or I'm a loser or hmm. you know like you tell yourself that and you may like laugh it off and like it has no meaning but hmm. repetition balls it just it's a bad habit hmm. and you train your mind to go down a negative street hmm. every time hmm. and now because it's trained to go that way it becomes exponentially more and more and more difficult to go down a positive route hmm. and that's why whenever i say this to people who are not so stoked about being positive mm. is that they're like yeah well you don't have my issues mm. and like yeah okay it's a fair point it's mm. a very fair point mm. but at the same time you're in control mm. of of how you deal with those circumstances mm. look life isn't fair it isn't fair and you know things happen but you you always have a choice and that your choice is Am I going to respond to this emotionally or am I and like react or am I going to choose to act? Yes. So you're going to choose your response. Yeah. Based on reason. Yeah. And you know sometimes it's okay to lose your shit. Yeah. It happens. But being mindful of of how you react in situ- situations and you you gain if you've got that little pause, mm. that little pause, that little switch that says, before I punch this motherfucker mm. in the face, just think, no, it's a bad idea. Yeah. It's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I always say to to my kids, you know, because they they read it, you know, they got fire. They got fire, man. It, some battles yeah. are not worth the fight. Yeah. Um. You know, ego and honor and things like that. It's it's petty shit. You yeah. know, in the grand scheme of things, in the grand scheme of things is petty. It's better to walk away. Yeah. And get on with your life. Absolutely. I mean, there's a, there's an old saying. Whenever I think about anger, because mm. I I used to like I can still lose my shit, but I try not to because mm. I don't like myself when I when I lose my shit. It yeah. doesn't happen often, but when it mm. does happen, it's it's, it's not ugly. fun for anybody around me, and it's mm. not fun for me. Mm. I'm the same. And something that I read a very long time ago, I can't remember who said it, but the saying goes, or the quote goes rather, that anger is a momentary madness. So mm. control your passion, or mm. it will control you. Yes. And that's the fucking truth. Mm. And then after, once that anger's passed, now you're like, well, fuck, that was fucking stupid. Mm. Had you controlled yourself and just, Mm. even if you need to walk away, walk Mm. away. Mm. Go and fucking, go and have a drink. Go and, I'm not Mm. saying go and drink yourself into a stupor, Mm. but like, just relax. Mm. Get it out your mind Mm. and like, look at it from a a Mm. calm perspective. Mm. That's, that's, why, that's when it that's when it's healthy. Yeah. Because you know once a plate's broken, you know, you can put it back together, but it'll never be the same. Yeah. It's always gonna have those flaws in it. Yeah. And no matter how many times you say sorry, it's never gonna fix those cracks. No. So the majority of the time it's better just to walk away. Yeah. You know, sometimes you don't have the opportunity, but you know, nine times out of ten, it's better just to walk away. And or have your say within yourself. Yeah, within yourself, yeah. You, 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 like, I feel that, I don't know, and I, I, I don't want to sound like a know-it-all or anything like that. So I'm, I'm very open to different opinions and so on. But I just feel like a lot of people want to be heard. mm and I, and I think it's important to listen to people, but at the same time, everybody else also wants to be heard. Mm. And sometimes you just need to shut the fuck up and try and understand why they're saying what they're saying mm. and why, why it's upsetting you and why it's doing things emotionally mm. inside of you. Mm. You know, it's just, 
I like think- everybody's got an opinion. Yeah. Everybody's got an opinion. So your opinion is, is exactly that. It's just your fucking opinion. Mm. What we're discussing now, mm. there are probably a lot of people out there that totally disagree with whatever mm. it is that we're saying. And that's okay. Mm. We're not, we're not trying to say this is just and this is the way to go. Mm. In our opinion, it is the way to go. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, you can't be, I think you can't be dead set in your way because fact and your perspective of the fact is not always the same. Yeah. Okay. True. Very true. And our, our memory is flawed. It, it's not st- stored perfectly. And every time we review it, it changes slightly. It's like yeah. the broken telephone. Absolutely. So where am I going with this? Um, you know, you're continually evolving and cha- or evolving your opinion. Right. If, if that, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because what you say now is generally, if you're are honest, yes. you know, what you say now is what you believe now based on your wealth of knowledge. Yes. So as your knowledge increases, you will eventually change your opinion. Or True. Not, not completely change, switch Maybe. left to right or whatever. Yeah, but sure. You might... You might look at things with a new... A different perspective. Yeah. Um, or a newfound appreciation or whatever it yeah. is. Have you, have you watched Dead Poet Society? No. Satang. Hey, boss. Sorry, man. You need an education. <laughs> now, Dead Poet Society is one of Robert Williams' movies. Okay. It is a stunning movie. It's... It's a it's a must see movie. Now, he was this English teacher in this private school, and he was very you know different. Mm. And he said, uh, I think one point in the movie, I think this is what he said. He said, you know, if you don't like what you're seeing, change your point of view or your perspective. And he climbed onto the table in the class. So now he's taking a different view of something and you might just get a slightly different opinion then. Which is like really, really you know, it's 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 eye opening. It, it it is eye opening because mm. like things may not look so beautiful from ground mm. level. You climb a fucking mountain, it's gonna take some fucking effort to get there. Yeah. Once you're on top of that mountain, you see shit that you didn't even know was there. Mm. That's incredible. Yeah. And the thing is, we can both stand on the mountain at the same time and we'll have a different perspective. And we'll have different different opinions on what is beautiful. Mm. So this is the thing. It's, it's a very sort of uh, philosophical uh, conversation, if you yeah. want to put it like that. Mm. But it's interesting and I think it's important to talk about because mm. a lot of people out there are struggling with, you know, depression is an entirely different subject. Mm. I don't understand it because I don't have it. So mm. I don't even have an opinion on the topic and I think that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Because if you don't understand it, you can't have an opinion. Mm. But um, just in terms of… I think I think Stuart said it very well. It's like… Mm. Uh, his wife has depression and he, he could sympathize with her because he, he understood that it's it's not fantastic. But until he had it himself, then he could empathize with her. Yes. Because he had an understanding of it, although his, um, what's the word, his, his experience of it is different. So everybody's yeah. depression is different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There might absolutely. be some similarities, whatever, but your yeah. experience of it is unique to you. Yes, yes. So it's it's it depends on your upbringing. It depends mm. on the issues that you've had in your life, things that have happened to you, it what your belief systems are, all of these different things. What influence. your state of mind is at that point. Yeah. Um, you know, some people are depressed but they're not suicidal. Some people are suicidal, but they're not depressed. Yeah. So it's, it's, it, it's like, it's uh, quantum physics. 
the brain, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I don't know much about that shit. So I'm just going to, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to stay quiet on this one. Cause as I say, like I, 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 it's not like one plus one equals two. It's like one A plus one B. Billy Connolly, what is one A plus one B? Fuck. I don't know. Numbers only. I can't add letters. <laughs> Mm. But anyway, I think that is, I think that's about as good as a conversation as we're going to have tonight. Yes. Because uh, I'm, I'm closing down. Yeah. I'm closing shop. <laughs> yeah, I think we've, we've pulled a good stream here. Yeah. Uh, we've got just over two hours of things, so we'll have probably two parts to this. Yeah. Um, but I think it's been great chatting. Absolutely. That's always He's, great. I think in this modern age of social media and everything, you know, everybody's connected, but they're alone. And and that lost or that art of communication or just having conversation, I think, is is lost on the new generation. And even on the older generation, I mean, there's people in my age, we like 40s and people older that are fucking stuck in their nose in the cell phone. Yeah, and the person sitting next to him doesn't—they're all stuck in their cell phone. So, I think having these conversations is a is a great way to explore experience and share a journey. Absolutely, absolutely. It's face to face conversation for me is mm. something that I always enjoy. It's it's it's, it's a it's a very it's a very different experience than talking to somebody over FaceTime or. Or over a phone or something like that because there's there's so much more to it because the conversation is not just the words that come out of your mouth. Yeah, it's the the expression, expression. it's the body language. Body language. Mm. You know, there's there's so much to it. But, yeah, that's an entirely different conversation. We're going to have to, like, be lit or something like that. Yeah, yeah, carry yeah. on, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I was lit, I'd carry on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think we need to find a weed sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Someone who sponsors weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think like some some Indian Kush or something like that. <laughs> I think that'd be good. No, I want Skywalker. Skywalker would be good. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be freaking amazing. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for joining us. Much appreciated. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if you want to follow us, our information is in the description. And we'll share a couple of links to other guys that we've spoken about as well. Yeah. And we look forward to chatting some more and listening to you guys in the future. Absolutely. Trent and Tim signing out. Out. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Open Hearthcast. Find us on Instagram at Open Hearthcast and we'll see you again real soon.